Last week, we looked at Jesus' statement, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser, and you are the branches. And this metaphor emphasized our need to abide in Jesus. That's what we talked about and thought about uh, last week. That there's no real spiritual existence without remaining in Christ. The other aspect of this metaphor that we're going to be exploring today is what it means to bear fruit as the branch is connected to the vine. What does bearing fruit actually mean? Now, would it be strange if you planted a lemon tree and suddenly bananas were growing off of it? Obviously, the fruit of the tree would not be matching the very nature of what that tree is. And if we are rooted in Christ and we're called to abide in him, then the end product would naturally be that we become like Jesus. And so the idea of bearing fruit at its very core is really being more like Jesus. It's how we measure genuine spiritual growth. You know, as any gardener knows, the time from planting a seed to the point where you have a tree that is fruit-bearing is not a fast time. It requires patience and care. In that same way, growing to become more like Jesus, to get to a point where you're bearing good fruit, is not an overnight experiment. So what does it look like for us to go through that process, to take that time to grow in Jesus as we abide in him and hope to bear fruit? Well, if you know uh, gardening, and not that I'm in any way an expert in this, uh, but you, you know the importance of pruning. I've been taking care of the tomato plants in the backyard during shelter in place, and it's always been very interesting to see uh, the dead branches and the need to cut them off. Now, there are times where it's just the end of the branch that needs to be snipped off. And so it's, I'm always amazed where I'm able to just snip off a little piece of the end and to see how it begins to regrow in a healthy way and eventually begins to bear tomatoes from that, that little branch. There's other times where you do have to cut off a whole branch. You just have to give up on it and you toss it out knowing it's never really going to have a chance. In verse 2, God is the vine dresser. Jesus says, God is the vine dresser who, who overlooks the plants of his kingdom. And he makes these same decisions. With the dead branches, he cuts them off. They're not bearing fruit. There's no point in keeping them connected to the vine. For the other branches, he prunes them. He prunes them. He makes corrections. He snips off parts, cuts off areas, so that they might flourish. And in the end, over time, begin to bear fruit. Now, here's the interesting part. There's no third option here. There's no third way in which God helps the plant bear fruit. There's no let it grow however it wants, leave it alone type option going on here, right? The last apartment that my wife and I lived in had a side yard where vines had over time invaded and covered the pathway such that uh, it, the whole ground was covered with vines. It went up along the walls. There was a chain link fence that separated us from the neighbors and that had become covered with these vines. It got so bad that uh, at a certain point, I could no longer open this metal screen door to the side yard 
because the vines had begun to wrap themselves around that. The vines, vines in general grow very quickly, and without pruning, without cutting them off, they get out of control. And it does plants no good to simply just let them do whatever they want unless you desire to live in a jungle. Being fruitful. Being fruitful doesn't mean that uh, you're free to grow and do whatever you like, independent of any oversight or care. But it means trusting the great gardener that he knows what's best for us. And it's recognizing that at times, God must cut off something. He must prune something, even when it might be something we enjoy, something we delight in, something that makes us feel good. And that's why there's times where bearing fruit, the, the process to bearing fruit, the process of growing to be more like Jesus can be a really painful one. It can, be, uh, it can hurt so much. And I know that there are a lot of us here who are in this very place, who are asking ourselves, God, why would you put us through this? God, why have you brought this upon us? We want to be more like you, but it hurts so much. And at times it just feels like God is putting you through too much. How do you get through those times? There's a couple things I want to remind you and encourage you with if you're in that place or if you ever get to that place where you know God is at work, but it's really, really hard. The first thing to remember is that the only way in which we're pruned, the only way God prunes us is if he draws near to us first. The author N.T. Wright says, The vine dresser is never closer to the vine, taking more thought over its long-term health and productivity than when he has the knife in his hand. The temptation is for many of us, when we go through these seasons of pruning, when we go through these times where things are being taken away from us, that, that we believe somehow that God is far away in our suffering and pain. But pruning is not evidence of God's absence. Pruning is evidence of God's presence. And I hope you remember that in the midst of whatever it is you are going through. And all the ways that God is changing and transforming you, as hard as it is, being stretched, being cut off, uh, having things taken away that you, you thought you needed, you thought that God had given you, that all that doesn't mean that God is not there. If anything, it means God is with you in this time. The other thing I want to encourage you to remember in this, that we never suffer more, we are never pruned more than what Christ himself has suffered or how he has been cut off. Because the gospel tells us that we are pruned to bear fruit one day, but Jesus Christ, who always, who's the very Son of God, the very vine itself, who always bore perfect fruit, that Jesus wasn't just pruned, he was cut off from the tree of life, and he was tossed into the fire for us. He made that sacrifice so we might have hope to bear fruit, even in the midst of our struggles. God remains close in our weakness, but Jesus was cast out from God's presence. His sacrifice assures us that God is at work when things are being cut away. Hebrews 12, 11 reminds us, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness 
to those who've been trained by it. We can't bear fruit on our own, but we need God to give the growth. We need him to oversee our growth. And sometimes that means God comes with a watering can, but it also means sometimes he comes with the shears. Either way, we trust that our God means good. This is why Grace Alameda, we as a church, we don't pretend to have it all together because we're all, all of us at some point are being pruned. God is at work in every one of our lives. He's pruning, he's snipping, he's cutting. He's taking away at certain points. And what we want to be as a church is a safe place where God can do that where God is able to be at work in us and we can work through that, be there for one another in that pain, in that struggle with honesty and with empathy. This is a core value of who we are. We want people to know that God is present with us by the presence of those who you worship with, who, you, who are part of this worshiping community, that whatever you go through, you're not alone, that God is with you because we are with you. We want to be the, a church that is a garden where God is cultivating all of us to bear fruit, to be more like Jesus. So growth is painful. Growth is hard. And that's what we see in this passage. But there's another thing we see about growth that's beautiful and amazing. And it's that growth is glorious. Growth is glorious. Bearing fruit brings glory to God. Verse 8, it talks about how God gets the glory when we bear fruit and we prove to be Jesus' disciples. What does that mean? It means that when we become more like Jesus, we give credit where credit is due. We become what God has always desired for us to become. What that means is this isn't about becoming the best you. This isn't a self-help type thing. It's not about drawing people towards yourself or being an influencer in some way. But what it means, right, uh, is that we give thanks to God for the fruit that we bear. We don't delight simply in the fruit that is born, but we give thanks to the one who takes care of the tree. We give thanks to the vine dresser who makes it possible for us to bear fruit in the first place. He's the one that we give glory to. The Westminster Catechism teaches us in, the first, in its first question, what is the chief end of man? And it says to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And if we're going to take this verse and make sense of it in light of that, it means to glorify God by bearing fruit and becoming like Jesus. And then when you skip down to the end of this it talks about the joy that we have, the, that we can enjoy him forever. This is the very purpose for why we were created. This is why we exist. You know, a lot of people, the, the part that's, that we don't get sometimes in this, when you read John 15, a lot of people focus on the concern of, I don't want to be one of those branches that God cuts off and throws away because I don't want to be tossed into the fire. I don't want judgment. I don't want condemnation. And that's a genuine concern. But, but perhaps what we miss here about what is so terrible in, when we don't bear fruit or where we don't desire fruitfulness, where we don't desire to be more like Jesus, it's more than just about the judgment and the condemnation that falls upon us. If anything, it's about 
how we take glory away from God, how we take away credit from where it rightfully belongs. We're stealing glory from God. We're stealing the rightful credit that he deserves. It's failing to honor the God who crafts and cares all things to make them flourish. So it's actually, if anything, to our benefit and to our blessing that we hope to bear fruit to God's glory. Because glorifying him leads to our joy. It brings us greater joy. It's how we celebrate and delight in him and allows us to delight in our own hearts. For quite a while now, my two-year-old daughter's favorite song has been Happy Birthday. It's a little crazy, but we have been uh, singing it every night, multiple times. Uh, Especially, there's been no birthdays, uh, at least, re, you know, in the past couple months that we've had to celebrate. But every night, she asks us to sing Happy Birthday and names the people that we need to sing it for. The thing that, that kind of makes, us even that makes it crazier for us is she never sang it herself. She would never sing it herself. She'd always ask us to do the singing. Well, we did finally have a birthday in the family, and it was mine. Last week, I turned 40, and that terrifies me and depresses me to no end. But ever since we celebrated my birthday, we had a cake, candle, had held both my girls in my arms, and we sang happy birthday. Uh, she now, every day since then, <laughs> has come up to me at some point in the day, multiple times, and just comes up and says, happy birthday, daddy, even though it's not my birthday anymore. And we just with the biggest smile and we'll start singing the song to herself. It, it's, it's a song that, frankly, doesn't bring me much joy when I think about my age, but it brings her so much joy. And watching her have that joy brings me incredible joy regardless. Her joy in celebrating my birthday brings me that great joy. God's desire is that we share this joy of bearing fruit together. That as he gets glory, Christ gets glory, and we share in that glory, we delight in that glory, as we grow to be more like Jesus. And that's why it's this fullness of joy that we have that brings glory to God. It's why we're a celebrating church. It's why Grace Alameda delights in giving thanks and praise to God. That we worship because God deserves all the glory, that all the different stories of what God has done in our lives, we don't go and say, look at how amazing we are. Look at all the wonderful individuals we have in this church. And we have many wonderful individuals. But the point being is all of them give credit to God because that's where it all comes from. Any fruit that's born from the community and the fellowship that's experienced at Grace Alameda is because of God. It's because of the one who has been watering and pruning and caring for all of us. And that's the reputation we want in this city. That's the kind of church we want to be known as. One that looks like Jesus, that bears fruit, that people come and see and say, God must be there. A church that is filled with joy, even in the most harshest of circumstances because we're still we know that God is at work and we're still seeking to be more like Jesus to bear fruit to eternity 
Bearing this fruit is not easy. Following Jesus is not easy. Again, it takes a long time. To go from seed to bearing fruit, it takes a long time. And it's hard. If anything, this past year feels like a whole year of pruning and even feeling like we were being cut off at some point. But we trust that by God's grace, there is fruit that is being born out of Grace Alameda. That there is fruit being born out of you as you follow Jesus every single day, as you abide in him and remain in him and stay connected to him. So will you follow Jesus today? Will you desire to become more like him and see the ways in which your life changes as you bear fruit to God's glory and share in the joy that God welcomes us in? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice that, God, you are at work. That, Lord, none of us, we recognize that none of us are final and finished products, but that, God, you are constantly pruning, snipping, and cutting. Not because, Lord, not because we are ready to be tossed out, but because, Lord, you desire for us to be more and more like Jesus every day. Make our desire your desires. Lord, help us to, to, to follow in those steps, to desire those things. That we as a church would be known as a place where fruit is born, where the people of God reflect the God that they worship. That they would uh, be more and more like Jesus every day. Help us, Lord, to desire and long for that in the way we love and serve our community, our neighbors, in the way in which we uh, proclaim your glory and delight and rejoice in who you are. Lord, we really want to pray for those who are going through a season of pruning, who are going through a really difficult time. We pray that, God, they would know that you are with them, that you are near them, and that, Father, uh, there is great hope in what they will become that one day they will be more like Christ because of all that you are doing in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.